Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five-star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. I want. Right, a couple of hands up in the lounge so far. Mart, I'm going to come to you first. Um, so whenever you're ready, what's your question? Hi, Chris. Hello, how are you? Not too bad, yourself? Yeah, good, good, good. Um, right, these are a couple of the kind of stragglers of last of Tuesday, so yeah. I'll just get them up. Yeah. Um, if I apply for a clean break, would my husband still be able to make claims of my future assets, or will it cut ties permanent? It will cut ties permanent. So for those of you that aren't aware, a clean break order is a financial order. You should always be getting a financial order as part of your divorce. It will cut ties permanently. Neither one of you then will be able to make a financial claim on the other. Smashing. Um, The next one is, um, I had to leave my ex-partner because of domestic abuse. My kids were then threatened them as well. Would I get legal aid if CPS took it to court? Um, The fact that you have suffered domestic abuse, you would get legal aid anyway, regardless of whether it went to court or not. There is a kind of test that the legal aid um, will apply. Um, So it wants wants to make sure the domestic violence is recent as opposed to historic domestic violence. And there's also a test for um, a financial test to make sure that you don't earn too much to qualify for legal aid. Um, The phone number that people need Um, in order to see if they qualify for legal aid, is 0345-345-4345. And if anybody wants me to read that out again, just let me know, okay? Smashing. This one's a little bit long-winded. I've tried to break it down, but I'll give you it in a nutshell and then I'll ask the question. Yeah. Um, So I'm assuming this aunt has an SGO of a three-month, since three-month-old, child is now three years old, Dad has contact every other month in the community, supervised by his mum. Um, he's wanting to bring the new girlfriend along. Um, there's history between him and his girlfriend of DV, which has been brought up in court previously. Um, would we be wrong to, to decline the request for the girlfriend to attend? You would be wrong if you thought that the girlfriend would harm the children. So I know it's always a delicate area when people separate, but you've got to remember that as parents, you both have parental responsibility. And if a child is deemed safe in your care, then you are able to decide who that child spends time with when in your care. So yes, you would be wrong to to, um, try to stop that, but only um, if there was no welfare concerns to the children, okay? Right, okay. So this is Ant now with the SGO, yeah? Ant with an SGO, yeah. So it's same same thing stands, yeah? It does, it does, Mark. Sorry, I wonder where you were going with that, because the SGO gives the Ant parental responsibility. So Right, okay, yeah, yeah, no yeah. Smash in, that's all I got for you, Tris. Okay, thank you for that, Mark. See you, Tris. See you later, bye. Bye, bye, bye. 
Um, so yeah, just for those of you that don't know, Mark will pop on and ask a question on behalf of other people who are maybe um, too shy to ask a question or perhaps they um, simply don't want to have their voice recognised. So if you have a question and you, you want to ask it, then ask Mark. And that's why I'll sort of let Mark ask two or three questions because he is asking on behalf of other people. Right, Bob, you are next up. What's your question? Hey, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Um, so I have a question about um, holidays. Yeah. So my I have two children, um, one um, with an ex-partner who he has who I've not seen um, and hasn't had contact for two years because of domestic abuse. Um, we had a normal in place, that's gone now, whatever. Um, but we don't have any child arrangements order. I don't have a lives with order. Yeah. Um, so I know if I wanted to go abroad, I'd need to get a, um, either his permission, which I couldn't do, or a specific issue order. Um, so if I was to go to court um, for a specific issue order to go on holiday, could, would it be for like one specific holiday or could I apply to just get permission on going for like holidays abroad in general? Yeah, yeah it could. Does it that could, make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So it could be just abroad, you know, once a year or maybe twice a year, whatever your request is, you're able to take the child out of the country to a choice of your country. Uh, so a choice of your um, a holiday of your choice um, without the permission of the father if he doesn't give his permission as long as you give father a month's notice something like that but yeah because otherwise you'd have to go back every year would i have to like give him notice even though i don't have any contact with him at all like it's oh, not no i don't i can't have contact with him because it's not appropriate he's just horrible to be honest so does he have any contact with the child? No, not for oh, two Oh, that's years. fine. That's fine then. No, that's fine. Then you would drop that part. Sorry, I just assumed that you were having con he was yeah, having no contact problem. with the child. No, you'd drop that bit. But yeah, you would just get an overarching direction or order from the court that says you are able to travel without dad's permission each year. Brilliant. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Thanks, bye. A uh, quick question from Stephen on um, the uh, TikTok because I've obviously got TikTok going and I've got um, Instagram going. How are the four boys doing? They are doing really well, thank you, Stephen. Incredibly busy um, with their channel, but thank you for asking. Um, Ed, I'm going to come to you next. What's your question? Hi, good evening. Um, yeah, so I'm currently going to the court proceedings. Yes. Um, uh, there's not been final, no final uh, outcome from this application that I've made, but yeah. the uh, judge did say that I, there was to be indirect contact where I'd be provided uh, with like pictures and update once a month. Yeah. This order is now being breached on two occasions. Yeah. Um, should I? Do you think I should just contact her, like the respondent's um, solicitor, and get an understanding of why this has happened, Absolutely. or should I just put an application to the court just to say that it's been breached and it needs to be enforced? Yeah. No. I would. I would definitely start by reaching out first to establish the facts and to establish why, um, because there may well be good reason. I'm sure. However, you know, if there was, they would have had the courtesy to let you know. But I think the court, before making an application, a further application they would want you to reach out. Um, clearly, okay. the, the issue here, like so many of the children's applications, is one of co-parenting. Um, she's obviously struggling to afford you the courtesy, perhaps. 
So reach out there first. And even after that, I would always recommend maybe another round of mediation if you've done that before or if you haven't to give that a go to say, look, we do have an order in place. We don't really want to keep having to go back to court all the time. What's the issue? And that doesn't always work, Ed. Um, but I would do step one, reach out and find out what happened. Step two, mediation if it's appropriate. And then your final resort would be an application back to the court. Okay, brilliant. Thank you for your help. You're much welcome. Cheers. Okay, Thank you. bye. Um, Glorious One. That's a fabulous name. You are next up. What's your question, Glorious? Hello. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Um, my question is, I have an upcoming hearing in August and yes. it's for a dispute resolution early final hearing yeah. um i just wanted to get a bit more detail as to what that is and what the possible outcome could be so if it's listed for a final hearing then the court yeah. has the power to make a final order however most cases in family court most judges in family court they really do want the parents to remedy themselves so the dispute mm, okay. resolution part is to also give the option that you guys can talk, perhaps try to come to a resolve that you can both live with um, before the court sort of has to wade in and make that final order. But ultimately, it's going to be all about sort of collaboration, trying to remedy, right, what are the issues? Are either one of you able to concede on some of those issues so that we can reach a common ground? Yeah, I see. Okay, so... I guess we might end up duking it out then with the father of my child, I guess. Is that something that may happen? Because he's not very compliant. He's not... Um, and I think that's possibly... He's inflexible. Yeah, as, as... So, so that's possibly then why the courts um, also listed it for a final hearing. So that if you aren't able to agree anything with Dad, the court can step in and they can make a final order. Okay, okay, that's right. fine. I understand now. I was right. I was a bit thrown. I was like, oh God, what's this? No problem but at all. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. But okay. thank you so much for your time you're, this evening. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, Abs, you are up next. What's your question whenever you're ready? And Bobby, you are behind Abs. Um, whoever gets up first. Abs, you beat Bobby to the Hello. post. What's your question, Abs? Hi, um, so I have a directions hearing tomorrow um, and I did come on last time and ask you a question on that as well. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm um, asking again um, is that my ex on the Section 7 report has a number of allegations that don't correspond with the police uh, accusations that she's put against me, um, verbal statements that she's given CAFCAS or any any sort anything else that she may have said in court previously. Now I see my daughter in a contact center, um, but in the in the section seven report she did say um, that she may consider supervising our daughter and myself in future if sessions continue to go well. However, she does continue want to continue um, supervised contact. Um, I don't obviously I'm from Northern Ireland, so I want to be able to bring my daughter over here to meet my my side of the family as well. Um, because of all the allegations, um, I have to go through supervised contact, but I'm just sort of trying to figure out, right, what, what will the directions hearing consist of tomorrow? Will the court, will the judge allow me to um, give my, my side of the story or my, you know, all the contradictions and everything that I found in all of her um, reports or yeah, statements? Yeah. You'll definitely be given an opportunity to obviously let the court know your version, so your position, 
Um, it will be, <clears throat> however, limited to the time that you've got abs. Okay, so it, it, that's going to, you know, depend upon if it's listed for an hour or two hours. It's certainly um, not a final hearing because it's a directions hearing. So ultimately, the court doesn't have the power to make an order. Okay, so they're going to be okay. listening to your position, listening to what it is that you need in order to bring about closure to this, and also listening to what the other side need. And those needs, if possible, will then be turned into directions. So, you know, what is it, what do you need to help bring this to an end? What is it that you're looking for? Um, is it that actually you really do want her evidence tested, i.e. all the discrepancies that you found, in which case it might go to a final hearing? So perhaps you're saying, well, look, we, there's no way we can get past this. I'm just looking to have it um, listed for a final hearing. Is it that you think that contact, you should be able to have unsupervised and obviously to take your, your daughter overseas? Is that something that you're looking to have the court um, uh, direct on? So yes is the answer to your question, but the purpose of the directions hearing is so that at the next hearing, if we all come back with having done the homework that was asked of us, we may be able to move it forward um, a bit further. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, um, just, just on the back of that, um, yeah. because I do, I, I have been in court for roughly about a year and a half. Um, wow. If it does go for a, a further hearing or a direct, uh, sorry, a final hearing, yeah, um, is it normally a long period of time, like a long wait between those, or can, so, is it normally like a couple of weeks? Or yeah, that that's a really good question, and that will depend first of all on what court you're in. So the more populated okay. area you're in, the the longer it's going to take, and also how long the court thinks is necessary. So sometimes we can have a final hearing that's listed for two hours because we've only got one issue that we need to discuss. Other times a final hearing can be listed for a day. The more time you need in the court diary, the reality is the longer you'll wait. So I have a client that needed a two-day final hearing for children and we waited a year to get those two days back to back. Um, so now we were in the centre of London, so obviously that does skew it a little bit. So it will depend where you are and how long you'll need for your final hearing. Right, OK. OK. OK, perfect. Thank you All very right. much. All the best for tomorrow. Bobby, you are next up. How can I help you? Uh, you're right. Hello, I'm good, <laughs> thank you. Um, so um, I've recently, um, we've recently exchanged uh, from a financial hearing perspective, exchanged um, questionnaires. Yeah. So I've obviously got um, answers to their questionnaire. They've yes. got answers to mine. Yes. Um, um, the court timetable is such that I need to have a schedule of discrepancies, yes. I think is something like that, schedule by of deficiencies, in, yeah. uh, in about two weeks' time. Yes. I'm just wondering, is that solely based on the questionnaire or can I also find fault with like the, the financial disclosure generally, like anything that was in Form E? Absolutely. So the, there is also the possibility to ask additional questions. Um, so you would go through, first of all, the answers, and there were many that were deficient. Um, so, because I'm familiar, <laughs> I'm familiar with this one. Um, so, yes, I, I, I do need to, to talk to you about that. But yes, is the answer to your question. So not only the deficiencies, but also if those deficiencies or those replies that, that lacked any substance lead to further questions, then yes, you can. Um, and they form what we call additional questions that we can add on to the bottom of that schedule of deficiencies. 
Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Thank yeah. you very much. You're I'm welcome. Sure I'll send something over shortly. You will. All right, Bobby, speak to you <laughs> soon. Bye. Thanks. Um, Mart, you are next up. What's your question? Can you ask if a pension specialist advised to deal with divide, dividing a pension as part of the financial separation? I'm NHF, if that makes any difference, as not straightforward. And does Tracy's course help with things like this? No, so the courses won't help with this because a pension specialist, or we call them an actuary, we will send them both parties' pension values and we will ask the actuary to let us know how, well, how much of a percentage should one person give to the other person to reflect the length of marriage and to provide for equality of income upon retirement, if that makes sense. So I'm, tr I'm trying to keep it as basic as I can. So my course definitely won't help with that because it's not a legal um, query. It's a very much a specialist query. And where we have two people, husband and wife, that both have pensions, I wouldn't have a clue as to how much percentage-wise to give to my opponent in order that they both have the same money when they retire, the same income when they retire. So that's where the actuary comes in and they do all these fancy calculations and use their expertise and they say to us, right, based on what you've told us, the other side should receive 40% of your client's pension, for example. Yeah, okay. okay. Another quick one for you. I've done a HR1 form. Yeah. Husband's trying to sell a house. It's fully in his name. What other action to take while applying for a divorce many thanks uh, no that that's it you're covered so for those of you that are listening hr1 stands for home rights notice it's where you are married that's the important thing um and you're in this case the husband the house in the husband's sole name wife wants to make sure that he doesn't sell it from under her feet before the divorce is finalized so she's registered a home rights notice with land registry that now prevents husband from selling that property until such times as she removes the HR1. And of course, the advice is don't remove the HR1 until we've got the finances settled. Um, but no, Martin, in that case, she's covered in respect of the property. Now she just needs to get on with sorting out the finances. Smashing, and I got one more one from yeah. a, a lad, 17 year old, I think. My mum spit up on my dad's domestic abuse. Um, he's called, she has called my dad on me numerous times saying he's concerned for my mental health and at this point has had me sectioned. I'm trying to get a restraining order, and they're saying it's not a good enough reason. What can I do in this situation? Trying to get a restraining order. Sorry, just backpedal a bit, Mark. What What was the allegation? Um, so I think mum and, and dad are having, you know, they're arguing over the son, basically. Yeah. Mum is saying he has mental health issues. Dad has um, had him sectioned. Um, and he is trying to get a restraining order against the pair of them, I see. What, the son is trying to get a restraining order against mum and dad? Yeah. But the son's been sectioned? That's what I'm reading, yeah. Um, I mean, a solicitor wouldn't take on someone that's been sectioned because they don't have the mental capacity to provide instructions. So that right. it, it wouldn't apply in, in that instance. OK, no worries. Cheers, Tris. Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Right. In that instance, um, it would pass over to the official solicitor. Um, but that's that's a whole other area. Uh, Gary, you are next up. What's your question? Oh, you're on mute, Gary. Just take yourself off mute. There Sorry, we go. Yeah, I pressed Hello. the wrong button. I was ending up playing music. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, hi, Tracy. Um, I've sent you a, um, 
a note on your website a couple of yeah. days ago, which you yeah. may not have seen, but yeah. my question relates to um, the fact that I'm going through a divorce at the moment, um, and I've had a letter from my wife's um, solicitors yeah. um, trying to reach a, like a financial order or financial consent order, which I don't agree with the, you know, the proposal and the terms. Yeah. I'm like most people, obviously wanting to keep costs as, as minimal as possible. Yeah. Is it? I, and I've taken some free legal advice. Is it? You know, am I okay to kind of respond to that? Um, you know, myself, or is it? Is it better to work with someone like you or a solicitor to kind of, you know, formalise the response to the letter I've received? I think a couple of answers to that, Gary. It's a personal choice, ultimately. Yeah. Um, you know, if you feel confident enough to be able that you know your legal position, i.e., you know, what your expectations are yeah. and that they're going to be fair and reasonable, by all means, go ahead and answer the letter. Your, your chances are you're never going to jeopardise yourself too much because anything can be unravelled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The second yeah. thing is that if cost is an issue, and for many, many people it really is an issue, yeah. then use it or spend it wisely. And what I mean by that is you may not necessarily want to engage a solicitor to do everything, but just touch base with them every now and again. Okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking actually. Yeah, yeah, when I need help or whatever. Yeah, um, I will. If you've sent me um, something, I, I know I'm a little bit behind, but I will do. Sure. Generally, I'll do a big mop up at the weekend. Um, okay. So I know that my diary is pretty full tomorrow. So the earliest I'll probably get round to the inquiries will be Saturday or Sunday. But I will come back to you. I definitely will. Sure. Okay. No, that's great. Right. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, Lucas, you are next up. What's your question? Hey, so I've got two for you, if that's okay. okay. Sure, um, yeah. My first one is just that it's on behalf of my cousin because she's not like she's not very you know electronic, but sure. she's on universal credit and she's um, put. They've said it's okay to put um, the benefit into a boyfriend's account, and a boyfriend's just like went to prison, so she doesn't know like how like where to go from there, like how to get a benefit back. So not a family law question, Lucas, but what I would say, just as a general um, suggestion to you, is that she needs to contact the benefits people and say, look, don't pay it into that account, pay it into this account. That's the first thing that she needs to do. Um, having it paid into his account is a little bit, I mean, I don't know how she's going to get that back now because legally that money belongs to him. Um, and if she gave the authority to have it paid into his account, she may not be able to get that back. Okay, thank you. Um, yep, go oh, ahead. Yeah, I'll make sure I tell her. Okay, great. Did um, you have another I've question? I've got another one, if that's yep, okay, absolutely. which is um, my... Um, sorry, I've not spoken to my dad since October, and I'm just, yeah. about, I'm just about to turn 16. Okay. But um, okay. So I'm going to change my name and stuff like that, but he's saying that even though... I am 16, I still need a signature, and I don't really know how true that is. Um, that's not true, Lucas. So once you turn 16, you are able to change your name without parents' consent. And when I say parents, I mean anybody that has parental responsibility for you at the moment, okay? Because sometimes that's not always a parent. But once you turn 16, you won't need their permission. All right, thank you so much. All right, you're welcome. Bye. Thanks, goodbye. Um, LH900, you are next up. What's your question? Um, it's a bit of a tricky one. Okay. <clears throat> I'm married with two children to my husband. Yes. Um, but I want a divorce. I asked for one a few 
weeks ago said no, like refused to move out the house, whatever. Um, I gave up my job five years ago to work for his limited company. I've now, um, he's now removed me as a director and I've managed to get another job, which I don't start for a month. Can he get me in trouble if I just took out 50% of the money out of the joint account and 50% out of the business just to get away from him? Um, the and jo- then file myself because he's in yeah. sole control of every single penny. Okay, so the joint account, no, because legally that belongs to both of you. So that's okay. Um, right. I think there'll be no consequence for that. The business account, be careful because if you're no longer a director and you don't hold any other... I business- am on the bank account though. Does that make a difference? Um, in what capacity are you on the bank account? As a director... Um, no, I'm I can I'm like a decision maker on the bank account. Like I can set up direct debits. I have my own separate bank card. But in in what capacity? I just needed to be to be clear on that. So when the bank account was set up, are you named at the bank account as an owner, a shareholder, a director? So in what capacity? Um, you... I believe it could possibly be just like a card holder slash decision maker. Like because I can set up direct debits and stuff on the business account, but yeah. that's as far as it goes. I, I would be I would be less keen for you to take money from the business. I'll be completely honest. Um, right. where, where you're going to be safer is to take more from the joint account and, and leave the, the business account. The problem is account. it's the, the bare minimum in the joint account. Okay. The, the, so it, I'm literally stuck. Yeah, the, the issue there, I think, is rather than take it from the business account, because I would hate to tell you to do something that actually might be in breach of um, you know, co- co- the corporation side of it, and, and I don't know for sure, um, but you, my so my suggestion is take what you need from the joint account and then you need to start legal action to get spousal maintenance because the bottom line is you need some financial help. That That's the bottom line, isn't it? You, you need some help yeah. financially. Um, and if he is the one that's earning and you were earning with him and now you can't start a new job for a month, He's going to have to support you financially, um, and that what, that can be turned around quite. So what I'm talking do I do about... if he's like because he's very difficult? Like, if I did just took the money out of the joint account and said like, no, that's it, it would literally just like disappear and completely ghost everybody. But you know where he lives and you know where he works, and obviously you know you know his financial position. Um, so whereas he might have a tantrum and throw his toys out the pram, it's not going to stop you from moving forward with your divorce and financial application. Right. So am I worth then making copies like of all of his company accounts, his self-assessments and everything like that? No, you're not going to do that. Um, because, right. Yeah, you're not going to do that. But you won't need to do that. If he's not in agreement to negotiating with you, the matter will go to court and then he'll be ordered to disclose those things. If he doesn't disclose those things, the court will make an order in his absence or, you know, in the absence of that evidence. But you're, you're racing ahead. So so don't worry about that at the moment. Worry about if, if you want to get away from the relationship, and it sounds like you do, one step at a time is my golden rule. So let's just do that first and let's get you some spousal right. maintenance so that your immediate needs are looked after. We can worry about everything else at a later date. So how quickly then can it like go to court? Like if I say left next week and yep. went and seen a solicitor, how quickly is that? The well, what I would do process? is get your divorce petition issued this evening, if needs be. 
Um, because right, that's okay. the first thing you need to do. Go onto the government website, issue your divorce petition. Once that's issued, we can then make a financial application for spousal maintenance. And there's every possibility we can get into the court within sort of three to four weeks because spousal maintenance is, you, you need that cash, um, you know, in order to live. So we can usually get a short hearing to determine that fairly quickly. Right. All right. That's great. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, Bobby, another question. Let me take you off mute. How can I help? Oh, Bobby, you're on mute. Hi. There, there we, go. we go. All good. Sorry. Um, it's, right. a, it's a quick one. I, yep. It's been on my mind for a while, to be honest. It's, um, but basically, all good. Um, basically, it's about um, a measure order. Yes. Um, my my ex-wife would like to do a measure order. Yes. But I'm wondering, I know that the value of the house yes. versus her earning capacity yes means that you can't get a mortgage to yeah. take on the house herself yes and, and i just want to clarify a measure order may prevent the house from being sold but it can't order me to get a mortgage right that's what i wanted to it it orders you to stay on the mortgage that's the whole premise of a measure order measure orders are designed where in this case the wife cannot afford to get a mortgage in her sole name so okay. without keeping the husband's name on the mortgage, she is essentially rendered homeless. So the courts say, yeah. okay, okay, the measure order part is that your name stays on the mortgage and that we don't force a sale until the youngest is 18. And in the interim, you lose all your legal and beneficial interest in that property. Yeah, until the, the the agreed point of sale. Until, but yeah. I suppose my point my, obviously we had a really good interest rate, ridiculously low, like one point one six percent amazing. Yes. Until August twenty twenty six. Yes. Now obviously we all know interest rates uh, yeah. I mean the mortgage could easily be an extra six or seven hundred pounds a month yeah. by by that point. Would if a measure order was given, is that yeah. essentially ordering that I've got to get a mortgage, which is an extra six or seven hundred? Is that that can happen? Uh, it can happen, but the essentially if because measure orders aren't just given as a matter of course, what the court then have to do is look over to the other side, so your side, and go, well, hang on a minute, can he afford to? Because you know, you're not paying the mortgage, by the way, that's not what the measure order is saying. The measure yeah. order is simply saying that you stay on the mortgage. But of course, the oh. risk is that if you can't afford to help her financially and she can't afford to pay the rise in mortgage, then your um, your um, uh, credibility is affected. So in that instance, the measure order isn't going to be appropriate. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So yeah. we have to look at the bigger picture. It's not as simple as, and I'm not so sure that a measure order would succeed in this particular instance, because oh, we do yeah. have other options. Yeah, cool. All right, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Um, Sully, you are up next. Let me just take you off mute. There we go. What's your question? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of things actually. Um, my, uh, my my children's mother um, and I were going are going to court in August. Um, yeah. We've been to court two other two other occasions, and I've got an order in place. Uh, so this is because I've asked for just one extra night a week, um, but she refused mediation uh, and uh, not really communicated with me at all, not even said that I can't have that extra night. Um, uh, just I got a co contact from her solicitor just saying it will all be dealt with in the court arena. Um, anyway, yesterday was the day for filing our statements by 4pm. 
I filed my statements at five to four and um, it wasn't until this morning around nine o'clock that her statement was filed. I do feel like that um, they waited to see what I put on my statement and then they've altered it because the statement they actually filed was not, not signed either um, to the court because they copied me in. I'm just wondering, what, how, how does that look in front of a court when we finally go? The, there won't actually be any repercussions for that, um, Steve, uh, I, right. I hate to say. Um, the fact that the, the statement was late by sort of 12 hours or more, um, the court will just accept it as a statement. However, the fact that it's not signed means that there's no statement of truth there. The court's So gonna... that it, was, it was eventually signed, though, oh, later it was eventually on signed. Uh, okay. in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So, so no, the, the, the court won't um, infer any, any consequence or, or infer anything from that, unfortunately. Yeah, it's pretty tough, that, because you can see, you can clearly see how th things have been amended or, or structured in her statement if, as a result of mine. Yeah, if, um, if the statement goes to the fact that they've answered your points that you have yeah. raised in your statement, what you can then ask for is a direction that you then file a statement in response. Because typically what happens, Steve, is the court will say, right, both of you file a statement and then yeah. those statements are put before the court. And when you go to that hearing, the court will then say, amongst other things, right, I want you both to file a response to that statement. Now, if you can uh, show that the other side have already read and responded to your statement, then you're going to be saying to the court, look, now I need an opportunity to respond to her statement. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, yeah, because, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because I am acting for myself, you see. So, okay. Um, I've spent a fortune on, on solicitors in, uh, in the past. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the fact is I'm, I'm only after one extra night. Um, you know, I'm not after, after the world. She yeah. mentioned that uh, the only reason I'm doing it is from a financial uh, uh, gain in terms of CMS. Got which, you. to be honest, I'm, I'm quite happy to pay the same. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to pay any less. I didn't even work the calculation out. Uh, but there's no other reason really that she's come forward to say I can't have have the children. It's just just down to financial gain for me apparently. So um, I, I just feel like that the statement was twisted a little bit. Um, right. You know, after seeing mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, so there's nothing at all that, that would be done. For, no. The judge wouldn't see that in any other light other no. than it was just far No, late. you 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 could highlight to the court that clearly they waited um, because her her statement speaks directly to yours. That means yeah. answers yours. Um, and the court will say, well, OK, you now have an opportunity to respond to hers. But that's as far as the court will take it. Just one other thing then on that. So yeah. the statement when it came through, I realised that I've got a lot of evidence um, that, that would prove a lot of the allegations in a statement are yeah. completely false. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I've written to the courts this morning to ask if I can provide some evidence. Yeah. Um, you, is that the right thing to do? Uh, well, not not yet. Wait until you get to court, because they're not going to yeah. start making directions outside of your actual hearing. So, yeah. you know, and a direction gives you permission to file something. So wait till right. you're next in court, then ask for permission to, refile, to, to file a statement in response. And ah, your right, statement okay. will then have exhibits attached, which will be your evidence to show the contradictions. With you, right? Okay, All so right. I, th I thought it was all going to get done in that one hour. You see, so I, it could it could end up I going to another hearing while I, we. I think un unless the next one, Steve, has been listed for a final hearing, you won't be finished. Right? Yeah, it's not been listed for final no. hearing. Yeah. Then, then you're not finished. It will go to another one. Right, with you. All okay. right. Okay. Makes all sense. Thanks so much for that. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, Crypto believer, you are next up. What's your question? Oh, hi, legal queen. Thank Hello. you. Um. I just got two questions, if that's okay, I'll, I'll make it quick. Um, yeah. It's just on behalf of my brother, 
um, they basically finished BFDR and um, some offers were exchanged yeah. and um, on behalf of, uh, of the applicant, which is the wife. Yes. Um, they have a disabled child. So um, the offer was exchanged. And then upon drafting the order by the barrister, um, she changed the terms of the offer. So uh, my brother's gone back and said, well, this is not the terms and his barrister has changed it to match the offer. Um, a question is, can she pull out of this offer that was already agreed? And approved in front of the court, was it? No, no. So basically the judge, after the FDR, the judge said, well, you've got three or four days to decide whether you can sort this out. And if you can't, then I'm going to list this for a final hearing. Yes. So she, she gave him an offer. He accepted it. And then a, 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 a draft order was done by her barrister. Um, but the terms of the order were, were not reflective of the offer. So, and so, the, sorry, am, am I making sense? I, I'm struggling to follow it a little bit. So effectively, the parties haven't got an agreement then, in which case the matter will be listed for a final hearing. OK, so what happened was, is um, basically she's asked for a lump sum, he's accepted. The lump sum was to be paid directly to her. So the barrister drafted a, an, an initial order which reflected that, but then they sent they sent an amended order saying that the money needs to be given to the child rather than her yeah, directly. So, so it's not agreed. Um, so, so uh, you know, on but, your, your, your side doesn't agree with that. So we don't have an agreement. Even though an offer was sent initially and it yeah, was already agreed. But, that, but that's not what's been recorded in the order. So, you know, clearly they no longer agree with that. I would be writing to the other side to say thank you for that draft order. However, it doesn't reflect what was agreed. I, am I? Do I take from that that you are no longer in agreement then? And if because it might just be an error on their part. I don't know. They might go, oh, really sorry, no. we'll, we'll fix it up. Or yes. they might say, no, 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 we've changed our mind. You then say, well, we don't agree with that, so off we go to a final hearing. Okay, so right. okay because um, uh, my brother's barrister said that she. She can't pull out of the agreement that was already made, but you're saying that she can and she can go to a final hearing. Well, she can show cause, you see, as to why she no longer feels that she wants the lump sum paid directly to her. Ultimately, you can't force someone to sign that agreement, so the matter would go back to the court anyway. Now, the court might then decide, well, actually, um, we're going to have that original agreement. But what I'm saying to you is the court can only do that at a final hearing, so it has to go back to court because the parties can't agree. I see. All right. Okay. Um, and just very quickly on the second point, um, they're negotiating a clean break order, but um, um, his son or their son is disabled. So um, does is there? I, I read that um, she could come back and 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 ask for a, and file a claim under the Children's Act rather than the Matrimonial Act, despite a clean break order. Is that correct? Um. No, it's not. They're married, I take it. And it's not a clean break order. A clean break order is where you have nothing else in the order except the clean break. This order has a lump sum within the order. So that's the first thing. This is a financial order. Um, no, she isn't able to come back and make another financial claim in respect of the children. All she can do is go to CMS. Okay, so you, you can't... Right. So the, 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 you, are you saying you can't have a clean break um, no, no, with, with you, a lump sum. You, you said that my brother's getting a clean break. 
And I'm telling you that. Uh, the, yeah, so, the, so the financial order that we were just talking about with the lump sum payable to her and then she's changed yeah. her mind is going to the children. That's called a financial order. Within that financial order, there will be a clean break element to it. But it's not called yeah. a clean break order because a clean break oh, okay. has nothing else except the clean break. All right. Okay, but it Fab. still severs the financial yeah, ties. Absolutely, them, it's still it? a financial order. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you Thanks. so much. Bye. Thank you. Um, Shrimpers twelve. Shrimpers, you're up next. What's your question? Uh, hello, Tracy. Hello. Um, thanks for taking time from a question. That's all right. Um, I've had an order uh, drafted that was back in January, uh, which was a final order Yeah. Um, with my ex. We wasn't married. It was just purely for child arrangements. Um, yeah. And just a bit of background. Last year, she stopped me seeing my daughter and relocated 70 miles away. Yeah. Um, and in the order, it, it states that on a Friday of every other weekend, um, she is responsible for bringing my daughter to me and then vice versa. Um, I, I'm responsible on the Sunday. Um, but it seems to be once a month um, or sort of maybe a bit more frequently that there seems to be issues of her being able to drop off on the Friday. Um, and she states that it's only if, if she can't do it, then I have to um, basically get, go and pick her up Um I was led to believe that the the wording in the order that she's responsible for getting my daughter to me by 6pm on a Friday, that she then has to make other arrangements to get my daughter to me, because um, otherwise then I'm yeah. doing all the travelling still, um, yeah. which wasn't what the order was agreed for. And and I would I would support your um, uh, sort of um, interpretation of that because if if mother's given the responsibility to deliver the child for contact and she can't the responsibility still lies with her, so you know obviously co-parenting you'd say oh look on this one occasion can you collect if you can't then the responsibility still stays with mom to deliver the child for contact. Yeah, because I mean she she said that she's gone to her solicitor and her sister's. Um, said, yeah, no, it doesn't mean that. Um, but I, 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 I did. Well, I was represented at the uh, final hearing, and that's why I said because I knew she would play sort of silly beggars with the whole travel arrangements. Um, that's why I wanted the wording in there to say that, um, you know, if she can't do it, then yeah. she has to find another means. Yeah, um, but she obviously she thinks that that doesn't. It, that's not what that means, if that makes sense. Um, it it does, so. and and it's a it's a shame that it's breaking down over over such a, a small point because you really don't want to have to go back to court if that's the only issue. But it might be that you yeah. have to. Do you know what I mean? It's um it's unfortunate though because to me it's it's fairly clear. You know, one party has responsibility to drop off, and one party has responsibility to collect. And that's in the yeah. you know, spirit of fairness. Yeah, as I say, I mean, I said to her this week because she came to me on, uh, texted me on Monday to say that um, there's another problem with her car, so I might have to do both journeys this this weekend again. Um, which obviously I want to see my daughter, yeah. um, so if if I have to, then I will. But as you said, in, in the spirit of fairness, it's um, so if if. If I wasn't able to, because my, my work is self-employed, which is yeah. the whole reason why she's ordered to drop my daughter oh, off to me. Got you. Um, if, if I'm not able to pick her up and she 
doesn't find any other means of dropping my daughter to me, yeah. would that be seen as a breach of the order then? Absolutely, absolutely. If the order specifically says that she has to deliver your daughter for contact and she doesn't, um, it's a breach. It's an absolute breach. And, you know, because the court would expect her to A, find another means, and if she can't find a, other means to drop your child off, then to make alternative arrangements with you and say, look, I've, I've tried this one, this one, this one. I'm really stuck this weekend. How about you have two weekends on the bounce to make up for it? But I, I'm guessing that that's not what, what's happening here. She's simply saying, well, I'm not doing it, so it's now your problem. It's not your problem. Yeah, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You know, but on um, every time she there's an issue. Um, I mean, the other week... It was her birthday on the Friday, and she asked, like, she actually asked me to pick her up, and I, I agree, yeah, as a favour. Um, but then, like this week, it's been thrown back in my face that oh, there's another problem with a car um, that she she now can't travel. Um, but yeah, no, that that clears that up. I've just got one other question. Yeah. Um, it's sort of regarding child maintenance. Um, we do have a child maintenance, um, not order, but through the CMS, like that they've calculated what I have to pay. Um, but she keeps sort of badgering me um, about either having it early, um, paying more, um, or, or, or even as frequent as this week, saying that because her car's got an oil leak, if I can give her some maintenance this week, um, then maybe she can get it fixed in time for Friday um, okay. so then she can travel. Okay. Um, I don't really know where I stand on that because all, all she keeps doing is badgering me for money, money, and I pay... Yeah at the end like on, on the last day of the month yeah um which she knows when she gets it and i i have offered and said that i'll give her more in august um for like towards school uniform yeah but where do i stand with where she keeps sort of badgering me and pestering me and, yeah there's there's, there's 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 clearly angst here you know that there's a lot of angst she's for whatever reason, um, you know, struggling financially or what have you, and maybe she's not very good money management wise, you have a routine whereby you pay her on a certain date and that's not suiting her anymore. Um, it's, it's a personal thing, really. Absolutely, you can stick to the date and stick to the CMS guidelines and any, any order that's been made. Or you could you could sort of think well all right if i give her half now and then half at the end of the month then she's got no reason to say that she can't get my child up to contact with me it's not really a legal question um you know for, for a quiet life you might want to start paying yeah. her weekly i don't know um if you get paid monthly it, that might be difficult if you're self-employed you probably don't you're probably getting paid all over the shop like most of us who are self-employed but yeah. um it's it's really down to a personal thing. Um, I would suggest perhaps maybe bend a little bit on the finance and maybe divide it out for her over the four weeks or every fortnight. And it may just take a little bit of the angst away from her. I'm not saying it will. And then contact might run a bit smoother. I don't know. Something's yeah. got to give, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Something's got to give. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay then. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you very much, Tracy. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Thank you. You know, co-parenting is the hardest job in the world. I think when parents separate, and, and I say that all the time, it's so hard because, you know, you've separated from this person for a reason and now independent strangers, i.e. courts or whatever, are asking you to co-parent. It's, it's so difficult. It really is. Um, Dee Dee 
What's your question? Hi, uh, it, it's, um, I'll just give you a bit of a background. Okay. Um, I separated in 2019. Yes. Um, my ex um, put in for a child arrangements order yeah. in 20, August 2020. Yeah. I started divorce pleading proceedings in, in, in 2020 as well. However, we're still not got anywhere. Um, uh, he, for three years, uh, he's been uh, at the contact centre to see my children. Yeah. Um, and this year, uh, in May, he decided to withdraw after three years. Just as we were getting there, on and off, he just kept disappearing. Um, he's decided to withdraw from all proceedings, and this is including the financial. So we had the first um, uh, financial remedy hearing, first appointment in February. Yeah. He clearly said to the judge, I'm not going to submit anything. The judge said, you, you will submit something. Um, I, I had submitted my e-form and everything by then. Uh, then he, again, in, in March, uh, didn't get anything from him, so the hearing was adjourned again. I just had the hearing last week. And the judge said, we'll just go to a final hearing. You just list whatever, you know, your updated e-form and whatever assets that he has, you know, that you're aware of. Yeah. And then, because he's got property abroad. Now he's gone He's gone abroad to live. Uh, he says that, that he that India have jurisdiction and UK don't. I've been to the High Court and I've got a declaration of jurisdiction uh, as well to send to, in, you know, the courts in India. Yeah. And my question is, if like, I get to the final hearing, I've submitted all my evidence, which I have a lot of evidence uh, of his property abroad. Um, say if the judge transfers the property into my name or whatever it is, I mean, what I'm just thinking for my peace of mind, is it worth pursuing that? Because if I get that court order to say that property abroad needs to be transferred into my name, how likely is that? going to be um you know or should i just send go for a clean break so i don't want anything i just want a clean break now that's I, i'm really that's, confused of what to do yeah um, that, you know, that's in, where in, you mean, you need you need some yeah. advice there dd because it, I, I, okay. can't, I can't answer that question really yeah um, i thought yeah. you were going to say to me you know because it's a final hearing what power yeah. does the court have at the final hearing yes. the court can make that final order um, yes. it, it will want to be guided by you and, and sort of say mm -hmm. to you, well, look, what order do you want? Um, mm -hmm. But therein is the need for advice. And that might just be a one hour with somebody, me or, or another yeah. family law solicitor, whatever you prefer. Um, yeah. But it, it's difficult to answer that question with, with absolutely no knowledge at all as to the assets okay. and, the, and yeah. the, your situation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's just, I'm just thinking, is it worth, because I've been, you know, since 2020, we've been battling it out yeah. and I've not got anyone. I'm just thinking, is it worth it? Or should I just, I for think, my peace of mind, you know, yeah. and just, yeah. I, again, take the advice. Because if somebody says yes. to you, if a legal professional says to you, this is what you are entitled to and legally mm -hmm. from the marriage, and this is what you can expect, you don't want to mm -hmm. throw away that opportunity. No, would, it, no, you, that's you'll, what I, yeah. I mean, better. that's what my family keeps saying to me. Don't, you know, don't go after it. You know, whatever happens in the end, you don't, yeah, don't miss that opportunity. Yeah. So you'll feel better if you've gone to the final hearing, asked for it and been told <laughs> no, than simply <laughs> just saying to the court, I just want a clean break. Okay. So, because either way, you're, you're going to have to go to the court, whether you get a clean break or not. So, you oh, get, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if it were me, I'd be asking. <laughs> if you don't ask, you don't get. That's true. Okay. But what you asked for, that's where you need to take the advice, okay? Yes, yes, I will do. I All will right. do for sure. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Mart, you are next up. What's your question or questions? Last couple of you, now, Tris. Okay. Um, 
So I have caught you on the 31st of July for breaching a non-molestation order with my ex-partner. Yeah. I pled guilty. However, the other allegations, assault by grabbing a hand and harassment, I pled not guilty. Can the court bring up my past record from the police that was given a caution? Uh, I've never been to court before. Um, would the court give me a second chance and give me a suspended sentence? Is this a criminal question? This isn't in the family court, then, if we're talking about a suspended um, sentence. In I'm, which... I'm, a, I'm assuming, I, I think he's getting family court and criminal court mixed. I'm assuming it's in the family courts for non-mall with the ex-partner. OK, so the question, I think, was, can previous convictions be raised? The court won't raise them in a non-mall. The other side would need to ask permission for full police disclosure. So, so, so I suppose the answer is yes, they can be brought into evidence, um, but the court will need to direct that. And of course, if I were in his shoes and it was just a caution, I'd be saying to the judge, let's not be wasting time. It is just a caution. It's not going to take us anywhere. Let's move on. No worries. Um, this, right. So uh, this is for a lady called Charlie. Yeah. Um, I'm taking me to court for access to one out of the two children that we have together. Yes. We have a newborn that he doesn't want to see. Yes. He didn't turn up to the first hearing and he hasn't sent his response in time um, for the court. I'm due in court at the end of the month. Um, he wants full custody of the one child. Um, and he, there's a history of domestic violence as well. So is the question, what is his chances? Pretty much, yeah, I think. Slim. Um, firstly, a court is loathed to separate siblings. That's the first thing I would say. Um, and obviously, I'm just making these suggestions based on, on the contents of that question. But secondly, it's really difficult to change a custody position. So, you know, it's, it's only changed on really exceptional circumstances, um, mainly uh, because of welfare concerns. But if you're just making an application for one on welfare concerns, well, why don't those welfare concerns apply to the other one? So everything I'm hearing points to the fact that, you know, is a weak case is what I would say. And, and therefore, yeah. chance of su prospects of success may be slim. Right. OK. And the last final one that I have with you, my yeah. son's um, father has systematically undermined their relationship with me. They kick, they kick off with me. This has happened before and I went to the court for an enforcement order, but it seemed like it wouldn't help. Yeah. Is there anything I can else, uh, do through the court? Went to an enforcement order and it didn't help. So I wonder, yeah. is, is, is contact still being breached then? I don't know. Um, that's all it says. Happened the other day. They're refusing to talk to me. Yeah. I have an order, but they don't want to see me. Okay. Um, well, look, if they're refusing to talk, then the matter's going to have to go back to court. Um, and I would be suggesting that maybe a penal notice is attached because generally when we have a, a standard child arrangements order, there are no consequences for a breach. Um, if you attach a penal notice, then there can be. And those consequences can be community service, a hefty fine or imprisonment. Um, so I would, you know, it's sad that they won't talk and they're not co-parenting. Take the matter back to court, ask for a penal notice to be attached to the next one. And that way they might think twice about breaching it in the future. OK, smashing. Cheers, Tris. You're Hope welcome. you have a good weekend. You too. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Cheers, Tris. Bye. Um, M, you are next up. Let me just take you off mute. What's your question? 
Hello. Um, that was actually my question that Mark Mark just put to you. Oh, I, I okay. sent a message on on um TikTok and Lovely. then figured out how to get on Discord. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Um, it's actually my teenagers that are refusing to talk to me. Um, their dad just keeps saying that I'm an unfit mother. Um. Oh, I see. And and the boys um are refusing to talk to me. Um, one of them's had his phone taken off of it because, um, well, yeah. This is me guessing, but historically, yeah. one of my sons is more open to a relationship with me. It, like, he's really close to me, so I think his dad knows that if he can contact me. Right, okay. Um, and I can talk to him, then he'd be fine and he'd, he'd be happy to come home again. Yeah. And how old are the children, Em? 14 and 12. So you're getting really close to the wire with the 14-year-old because obviously once yes. we get to 15 slash 16, the court won't won't get involved there. Um, no, and I understand that, which is why I'm, I'm loath to go back to court um, for but, an enforcement order because well, at this you, point he doesn't want to see me. Okay, but, but you have got, Usually you this have, relationship with me is brilliant, so... <laughs> but you have got a 12-year-old and we have yes. got blatant parental alienation. So mm -hmm. I think I would be going back um to the court yeah. with that one yeah all right yeah um it just i feel like you hate me more that's the trouble so i'm like stuck in a situation where oh, could i could i what damage are... things further by okay. what, going what... to court but i suppose that's a personal um what about, decision that i'd have to make what about a direction from the court for child focused mediation which is where yeah, the right. children are involved in the mediation and it's a specialist mediator that would do that because at the moment, the child or the children are only hearing one side um, mm -hmm. and making opinions or maybe afraid to speak up against that side. So sometimes mm -hmm. ch ch children's mediation works. Fam we call it family mediation. The other side's not going to agree mm -hmm. to that, which is why perhaps returning the matter to court and saying to the judge, look, you know, if we could just do a bit of mediation, if the children still feel the same way, I'll leave it there. Um, mm. But what about some family mediation and get a direction mm. that that um, that's at least attempted? Yeah, I mean, attempting the, the trouble is they're so stubborn um, when they've got their dad in their ear. So I think they probably would just refuse to do the mediation as well. Um, he wouldn't encourage them to do it. He, he doesn't want them to have a relationship with me. He says otherwise, but he doesn't make any effort to. So, right. yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't know. I'm just going to have to think about it. But yeah. Thank you for the... Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, Em. The advice. Okay. And I'll do some Googling. <laughs> All right, then. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, well, guys, I hope that's helped. We started off on a bit of a slow start this evening, but it is my first week back after a lengthy break. Um, so but we certainly sped up towards the end. Um, thank you to all of those that joined me in the lounge this evening. I hope that was of some use. I'm back here again Tuesday at six. So next Tuesday, six or seven. And then of course I'll be back here next Thursday, six or seven. I'm off now to meet some girlfriends. So you enjoy your evening. I'll be sure to enjoy mine. Enjoy your weekend and I will speak to you all again next Tuesday. See you later guys, bye.